Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, I'm excited to be up here again today. This is stretching, two weeks in a row, but it's a good stretching. Growth is good. <laughs> Um, and I just got wrecked in worship. Did anyone else get wrecked? <laughs> so beautiful. It's really interesting that Sarah was up here dancing again. I don't, I don't point her out to embarrass her in any way. Um, but, you know, dancing sometimes breaks things. I don't even know how else to describe it. It just takes you to a next dimension, a next level. And something was broken as she began to dance this morning. But what Sarah doesn't know is that I had, uh, probably about six months ago, maybe a bit longer, maybe about the middle of last year, I had a prophetic image of our church. And I saw within our church dancers, like loads of us were dancing during worship. We were actually at a conference in Sydney at the time. And, and, I, and I had a vision and I went back here to our church. And people were up on chairs and they were doing handstands and they were flipping over, back bends, and then they were standing up again. And I just thought, God, that is only possible by your goodness and by your grace, because I know our congregation. <laughs> Amongst other things, we're varied ages. And I think that would feel quite challenging for some ages. I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I right? <laughs> but what I think that picture was trying to reveal was that worship is an act that brings with it strength. You know, it takes a lot of strength to do a handstand and a bend over and stand up again, to do it on the side of chairs, you know, Circus de Soleil style. It takes a lot of strength for that to happen. And, and in worship, there's strength. And so I wanted to share that with you this morning, and I'm going to bring it back in a little bit later. But it was interesting that during worship, I saw us upside down a lot. And, um, and I don't know whether I'd shared that picture before or whether... I think I shared it on some level. I can't remember exactly where. But during our prayer meeting, which is a good six months later anyway, uh, with our lead elders... I am getting somewhere. With our elders, Leanne had a picture. And she perceived that this year, for us as Baysiders, is a year of being upside down. Are you excited by that? <laughs> Meaning it will be new, different to how we've done and seen things before. It's not life and process as usual because we're upside down. Coupled with that was the new carpet being laid all the way to the walls. This year is new, really new. No gaps or lack, provision to the edges, no longer having to make do even though it was really good provision. Where we tread is new ground and it's where we haven't been before. And I think that really ties in with this um, picture or this word create. And the fact that we do that in divine partnership with God, there is so much more to God and who he is that is yet to be revealed here on earth. And I'm excited that we get to participate in that and go forth and show the world God's goodness and God's glory. So expect the unexpected. Let us grow in that, let us be established in that, and let us enjoy it this year. Who's ready to enjoy it? 
Yeah. So last week, I got to uh, teach on the story of Noah. It's not a story that I ever thought that I'd be teaching from, but it came about because of this picture of the rainbow. And the picture of the rainbow has been very significant in my life. I don't know about you, but I just get amazed every time it comes out. It's like the promises for God, uh, the promises that God has for my life are amazing. That's how I view it. That's how I see it. I'm very selfish in that. But hopefully you are too. Hopefully you see that image and you can see that God has promises in store for your life. Well, this story, this rainbow, this picture of the rainbow has taken me on a journey and out of that I've been able to create a book. And this book, A Glorious Canvas, is about taking your life and seeing it through the different colours of God, the different aspects of God. In fact, I've used the seven colours of the rainbow. And my hope is for you, the reader, whoever chooses to pick it up, is that you will see through those seven aspects of God who God has created you to be. In a sense, the, the promises over your life will be revealed. Underneath a glorious canvas, I've written a gold-filtered life because that's what I believe God has destined for us. Gold. Value. In fact, it actually says in Revelations 21 that the kingdom of heaven is measured with gold. Just putting it out there. So I talked on the story of Noah. And um, Noah, first point, I'm not going to go back and like do the six points all over again, but I will recap it really quickly. Noah was a man who was favoured by God. Do you remember that? And what was my point? We too are favoured by God. Did you hear that last week? Did you go home during the week and just understand how favoured you are by God? God had relationship with Noah and he spoke with him. He communicated with him. And in that, Noah was obedient to that which God said. Who has relationship with God here? Who has the opportunity to hear his voice but also respond to his voice? Ephesians 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that is what Noah was doing. Noah was listening to the voice of God and responding. And I encouraged you that that's what we're to do. We're to hear what God has for our life and to respond accordingly. I can't go into all of it. I want to. I want to fully recap. But please go back and listen to that message. The flood came, destruction came, and the earth was destroyed. It was just Noah, this righteous man that was saved. And I looked at the parallel between the flood and the love that flooded the world when Jesus entered. Do we remember that story? Have you gone back and looked over the story of Noah this week? Have you seen how the symbols line up with different stories in the New Testament? Do you know, the Bible is hyperlinked. It is the coolest book ever because as you read it, every year of your life, for the whole of your lifetime, you will always be able to find something new about God that you hadn't understood before. It is amazing. It is not a book like other books. It is an eye-opener. It is a code finder. It is a treasure trove. It is amazing. And it is worth investing your time into it time and time 
and time again. And what you will learn over and over again is that Jesus loves you. What you will find when you understand the love of Jesus is that you will know that God loves you. In fact, his love is so great, it is like the waters of the earth. It is endless. There is nothing you can do to outlive his love. Every time you step into it, you go deeper. Chad said that this morning, didn't he? And I loved singing that song, Take Me Deeper. I want to always go deeper into the love of God. It is always available to you. Someone needs to hear that this morning. The love of God is always available to you. It is grand. It is expansive. It is deep. It is high. It is wide. It is ever, ever, ever flowing. Sometimes it will be flowing over your life in rough way to take away some of the just gunk on your life. Sometimes you will sit beside still waters and just enjoy the peace. Do you know last week while I was preparing um, on the Sunday morning, I went and sat down on the on the sand, and I just watched the sunrise. And underneath the sunrise, a dolphin started playing. I was broken. I was like, God, you are amazing. And then the dolphin stopped playing and went out to sea. It's like a, you couldn't even make a movie like that. A stingray comes across. And for five minutes, I watched this stingray just pass by. That's how good God is to us in the moments where we sit by his waters and trust him in the stillness he reveals himself. Sometimes it will be a small whisper. Sometimes it will be someone coming up behind you and speaking life into you. Sometimes it will be what's happening in nature. Sometimes a rainbow will just appear and you'll be reminded that God has promises for my life and I'm here to see them fulfilled for his goodness and for his glory. The waters of the flood destroyed the world. But Jesus changed that situation. And the great love of the world, the great lover of the world, changes the world. He now doesn't destroy us. He now washes us clean over and over and over again. A wind came comparable to the, um, the wind that came in Acts chapter 2, didn't it? And it took out the waters. Those destructive waters, it took them away. The same thing happened in Acts chapter 2. The disciples were like, we don't want to go on without Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit came. Come on, there's some power for you. Go forth. Go tell the good news of who Jesus was, of who Jesus is. That's the power of the wind. I really want to go back into these, but I'm not going to. And then the dove came, didn't he? A different aspect of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit looks like different things. And I'm not going to go into that today. I want to go into that in a few weeks' time. But it, the Holy Spirit looks like wind and comes in a powerful way. But the Holy Spirit also looks like peace. And he rests on you in situations where you're not feeling peaceful. He reminds you that you can go home. You can go back to the kingdom. You can... Go into the heavenlies and you can take what you need for here on earth. I'll share more about that in a minute. And then the olive branch wasn't there. We had the olive branch that the dove brought in. And the olive branch represents a few things. It represents Jesus, the light of the world. Jesus, the bread of life. It represents being children of the king. Because that's who we're called to be. 
It represents the anointing of the priests. And we're called to be priests, to hear the voice of God and to share it here on earth. That's who we are. We get to be priests. We don't have to dress up. We just get to be us and still have access to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and release it here on earth. And lastly, we get to host the presence of God. We get to host his glory. The olive leaf or the olive branch was used to build the tabernacle. And the tabernacle hosted the presence of the glory of God here on earth. Now, I've used these different symbols from this story and I've taken it and compared them to the stories of Jesus. But you can go through the story of Noah and find so much more. If you had a mind that thinks about the numbers, look into the numbers and see how they connect up over the course of the New Testament. It's, it's super fun. It's a great way to explore who God is. But with that, let's pray for a minute. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you have been so present here this morning. You are glorious and you are wonderful. And in some ways, I'm so excited by you. I don't even want to speak. <laughs> but Lord, when you overflow through this message this morning, let us wonder in the glory of your love today. Let our hearts forever be changed. Let us swim downstream, upstream, wherever you take us to experience your deep love, your deep waters this morning. Amen. So point number seven, which I didn't get to on purpose last week, because it needs a whole morning. Who agrees? The rainbow, that picture, needs the whole morning. It does. You know, at the end of the flood, the waters receded and the land came. And God opened up the ark again and Noah stepped out with the animals. A new order was set, and a rainbow appeared in the sky. And God said, I desire now to have relationship with you. This is a sign. I'm putting a sign in the sky that you and I are to have continual relationship. I will not destroy the earth like I did with the flood, but I will love you. I will care for you. I want to have relationship with you. That is not any version that you will find on the market. But that's Jay's translation. Please go back and read that for yourselves in Genesis chapter 9. But the rainbow is this stunningly beautiful kind of mystical image that appears in the air, isn't it? Now, I don't know what it is about the rainbow that causes us to wonder. It causes us to get so excited because if we think about it, it's pretty amazing to look at the clouds in the sky. If we think about it, it's pretty amazing to look at a tree, to study it, to study the colours of it. When we look at it, the oceans and the way that they change, sometimes they're calm, sometimes they're rough, it's pretty amazing. But nothing seems to draw our attention like that of a rainbow. Why does it just appear and then disappear? 
I think God purposely put it in the sky like that so that we would have something, all mankind would have something that they looked at and go, there's something bigger than us. You know, because there's a complacency that we grow in when we see things every single day. We just kind of get like, oh, yeah. <laughs> a little baby was born. Oh, yeah. That's normal. No, it's amazing. A baby being born and formed in its mother's womb is amazing. The intricate design, the fact that God has loaded that child up with DNA that is unlike any other is amazing. Can we celebrate that? Can we celebrate how amazing it is that God created each and every one of us? So the rainbow consists of two elements. It consists of water and light. They combine... And all these beautiful colours explode. That's the scientific explanation, isn't it, Luke? Water hits light, bang, a rainbow appears. That's exactly how it happens. If you want to go to Luke's Connect Group this week and understand exactly how it happens, <laughs> I think they meet on a Wednesday night. Anyway, water and light. Water when it is described in the scriptures, I've explained it as love previously, but I'm going to go back to what it actually is. And water is life, isn't it? When a baby is born, there is first water that parts. When, um, <laughs> graphic description, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Apologies all around. <laughs> we could not survive without water. We can try. But we all need water to survive. In fact, we're made up of something like 80%. So really, we're just blobs of water walking around. We are life. We are God-breathed life. We are God's creation. We are life. Do we understand that? God breathed life into us. We are life. And we are an expression of his love. Jesus is understood to be the light of the world. If we read the scriptures, it is he who is the light. When water and light combines, a wonderful, beautiful picture is released. When our lives connect with the person of Jesus, when we partner with him, a divine, beautiful colour of glory is released. That is who we're created to be. That is why I called my book a glorious canvas, because I believe that we are a canvas created by the Most High God, and we get our value because the creator of heaven and earth created us. But it's only as the light shines onto that canvas that the full picture can be revealed. We all know, don't we? Those pieces of art that I talked about last week that are worth, you know, a few hundred million dollars, which I still can't get my head around, need to be placed in the best light for us to see them in their full glory. It is exactly the same for each and every one of us. We need to be seen in the best light for God's glory to be seen for us to reveal the full picture of who he created us to be. 
In 1 John 1, we read this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Who's grateful that the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin? In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 we read, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Abby, do you think we could... um, Abby, that's really Bella. It is Bella. (laughs) I always get Ellie's children mixed up. (laughs) The poor things. Identity crisis, and I'm talking on identity here. Babe, can you um, turn off these lights up here? The lights are on. Can we see things? Has darkness diminished? Darkness has kind of subsided, hasn't it? We can see light. Can you flood me with light? Ah! (laughs) Light switched on. And yet, there is still some darkness in the room, isn't there? But the light is shining down on me. I want to talk about Jesus, the light of the world this morning. And you know, we may be sitting here and we may know something of Jesus, the light of the world. But we may still feel like we're in the dark a little bit. And I've been chewing over this and thinking over it and and literally for the last year because, you know, when I was working on the book, I I wrote about some of this. But what makes us live fully in his light. You see, I don't know about you, but for me personally, Jesus being the light of the world actually shines from within my life because I partner with him on a day-to-day basis. But that all began one day when I walked into a church. Now, I'd been, like, I'd gone to churches all my life, but there came a day where I was in a church in Africa, where I was living at the time. So I went to African churches all the time. But I walked into this church on this particular day and the music singing changed my perspective. The way the people were dressed and how colourful they were changed my perspective. The, um, The words that were coming out of their mouth as they prayed made me just feel like I was in heaven. I had such a tangible experience as I walked into, the pla- into this place. And when I walked into that place, I did not have Jesus, the light of the world, shining in me, but I most definitely saw his light. I saw it through others. I had an experience of heaven through others. And the moment that the pastor said, hey, does anyone want Jesus? I was like, I'm in. I want this Jesus. I have... N- I had never experienced anything like that and I wanted in. I wanted to be a part of that. 
I felt something of that this morning during worship. I'm just like, wow, the kingdom of heaven is here on earth. Such a glorious experience. And so for me, I came into that relationship with Jesus on that day. But my choosing to stay in relationship with him has been a day-by-day process. Now, I know some people have, who have chosen Jesus, but then they've walked away. And they're like, well, do, am I still in the light? Yes, if you choose to be. But we can choose to step away. We can choose to live our life um, in regards to Jesus through other people. Now, you can walk your whole life where you feel like you, know, you go to church, so you're a Christian, but you may never actually accept Jesus into your heart. You're just walking in the shadow of other people. You're seeing Jesus in them. But you know what? There actually has to come a time when you accept Jesus for yourself. That's the only way we fully partner with him. Jesus is the light of the world. And every one of us has the opportunity to see him as that. Jesus is lit. How did I go, Jesse? Jesus is lit. I was like trying to be cool last night. I'm at the table. I'm like, am I allowed to say Jesus is lit? Is that like... Have you seen on Instagram when you go to um, put pictures on and one of them is lit? I'm like, I can use that. I can use that in a preach. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that I'm lit because i got Jesus? No. Apparently I'm not allowed to say it. Don't say that. No, no. Jesus is lit. Oh, thanks for that reminder. <laughs> so what does it mean? Okay, so Jesus is the light of the world. We, we step into it. We come into a relationship with him. But how do we stay in the light? Because I don't know about you, but I want to forever walk in God's glorious light while I'm here. I know that I am beautifully, intricately made by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But sometimes when I don't spend much time with him, I forget. I just forget. And I get discouraged. And I get a bit lost. But we need to remember day by day. So how do we do that? How do we stay in his light? Because it's really important that we stay in his light. So I'm going to use these three starting letters. What is it? An acronym. (laughs) In order to help us stay lit. No, no, no. Help us stay with Jesus who is lit. Okay. I won't even try and use that again. You guys can hashtag it though. Jesus is lit. (laughs) Firstly, I think we need to always remember the greatest lover of our life. And the rainbow is all about relationship. Remember, that was a covenant relationship. He said, I want to continually have relationship with you. I think the rainbow is a really interesting picture because it is kind of half here. But where in the scriptures do we see the other half? Around the throne. We see it in Ezekiel and we see it in Revelation. Do you know when you see a rainbow from a higher perspective, like from a plane or from a higher building, it's actually a circle? When you look at the rainbow, it's about heaven connecting with earth. We see half of the picture. The promises of God are lived out in their fullness when we see the full connection with heaven. 
So Jesus is the light of the world and we follow in his footsteps. He is the light to our path. And so I want to listen to some of his truths to understand how I stay living in the light. When Jesus was here on earth, the, uh, the Pharisees came to him and they said, they tried to catch him out. They were always trying to catch him out. They were like, we don't really believe you are who you say you are because we think you should look different. You say that you're the king of kings, but you kind of just look like everybody else. And so they say to him, you know, what is the greatest commandment? There are all these hundreds of commandments. What, what's the greatest of them? And Jesus goes, easy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. It's easy. How do you stay living in the light of God? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. We follow Jesus as he leads the way. Remember, Jesus also talked to his disciples at one stage and, and they were talking about how to pray. And Jesus said, you know, prayer is so simple. Communication, relationship with God is so simple. He said, this is how you do it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm sharing this this morning because I know so many of us know that so well. What does that mean? It means you are God. You are King of Kings. Every name that is written about in the Word of God, I'm going to worship you for who you are. We see God in the big picture. We love him with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. We love the Lord our God because he is worthy and because that is what Jesus taught us to do. And then after that it said, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we see his heaven revealed here on earth? How do we see his light shining out of us and, and spoken about over the nations? We see it by loving the Lord your God, with all our hearts, souls, mind and strength. But this scripture continues on, doesn't it? Jesus doesn't just leave it there. He says, and then love your neighbour as you love yourself. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. Well, you know what? I don't, I don't know what I think about myself. I think some of us find it a bit of a challenge to love ourselves. Would you agree? How, how do we stand in the light? How do we know how to love ourselves? Well, we go back to the scriptures. We go back to the word of God. And I really believe the second point this morning with living in the light is having intimacy with God. What is intimacy? Intimacy is spending time with somebody else. Intimacy is revealing your darkness, your darkest secrets to somebody else. Intimacy is just presenting your whole life, giving them your all. And we do this by spending time in the word, in the scriptures, so that we have a language that we can share with God. The truth is revealed through scripture. And so as God speaks to us in different ways, we interpret it through the word of God and we know whose we are and we know who he is. Intimacy is an important part of staying in the light. I don't know where you're at today or whether you spend any time in the Word of God, but it is fun. It is awesome. Find a translation that you can read and understand. 
and then grow from there little by little. Little by little is important. We are growing intimacy in worship. Worship is that wonderful act of surrender. And Jesus first surrendered himself to the cross, didn't he? And we surrender our lives over and over again, day by day, back to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We say, you know what? Whatever today holds, I give you my all. The fears, the frustrations, the disappointment, any sense of darkness, we give back to Jesus when we worship him. And we all have the opportunity week after week to come into this place and worship, but just because you're in a worship meeting doesn't mean you're worshipping. You know, worship is an issue of the heart. And we can do it anywhere. And we should do it anywhere. Every opportunity you get to surrender your heart and your life, your mind and your soul back to Jesus again, allows you to stand in the light. This is how we remain lit. (laughs) Intimacy. What's the next scripture I've got written up there, Jesse? I haven't got the... John chapter 8, verse 12 says, Then Jesus said, I am the light to the world, and those who embrace me will experience life-giving light, and they will never walk in darkness. That's what intimacy is all about. This is why I don't preach with notes. But I was trying to stay a little bit focused this morning. What's the next scripture I've got up there? I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light, and you'll experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. Isn't this glorious? This is what happens when we allow our lives to be flooded by the light of God. Intimacy is a wonderful thing. We can do it through reading of the word. We can do it through worship. And we do it through fellowship with each other. As we speak about the wonders of God, as we speak about his goodness, as we talk about the scriptures that we're reading, as we pray together, as we prophesy together, as we grow in all that God has for us, we are having intimacy with God. Because, you know, we are not created on our own. God created us in his image as a whole. And it's in our togetherness that we reveal the full nature of Christ. So we have to spend time together I know that's hard for some of you. I know some of you don't like people so much. Erin shared about that a few weeks ago. She has a few struggles. (laughs) So do I at times. But people are precious and people are important and people reveal the nature of God. Part of living in the light is coming together with others who know the light and growing in God's love and in intimacy with him. Okay, this last one's a bit fun. You guys are very quiet this morning. 
<laughs> you are listening amazingly. This one seems a bit funny, but lit. Love the Lord your God. Intimacy with him. T, training. We need to grow in strength in him to remain, not to remain in his light, but to enjoy growing in his light. The natural result of growing in his light and in his love is strength that arises. This picture that I had here of us during worship doing these kind of acrobatic moves requires a different type of strength to the dancing that Sarah was doing before. That is beautiful and glorious, but it wasn't upside down. And so I had this picture about six months ago, and I found it really fascinating that not long afterwards, Dan, who runs our gym, started programming a lot of stuff, a lot of exercises that were upside down. And i got to say, when I walked into the gym or when I saw it come up on Facebook, I actually wasn't that impressed. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> but what I discovered was this. Initially, I didn't like being upside down because I wasn't used to being upside down. Initially, I didn't like... So he would... Um, program things like handstands, handstand push-ups, handstand walking, and handstand King Kongs. That's my name for them. <laughs> okay, so handstand King, every, all the other ones you can imagine what they are, but handstand King Kong is where you walk backwards up the wall and then you have to hit your hands on your chest. Demo. <laughs> I'm not demoing. Jesse? <laughs> a lot of us struggled being upside down. And initially the challenge was just to do a handstand. You know, we're not children anymore. Like, I, I, I didn't do handstands. Like, it took a little bit to start doing handstands. And I watched as the whole gym struggled with that, or oh, quite a few. And then the challenge was to do a push-up. Now, I don't know about you, but a push-up when you just go down on the ground, everybody can get, you know, a good hand. Well, most of us can. But a handstand push-up, I was like half a centimetre, if that, and that was my workout. So I kind of left a little frustrated because I'm like, am I really getting a workout? I'm upside down, just moving a little bit. But over the six months, I've consistently, as have others, just done Little, 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 little handstand push-ups. And all of a sudden, before I know it, I can get down my whole hand. And it's a little bit of a bigger jump. And then five months down the track, I can get quite a bit further down and push back up. I can't walk on my hands like Jesse can. And some of the others, they've learned how to do that in the gym. But what I can do has increased. God has called us to be right side up and upside down. And for a time, it may feel strange. It may feel like you're not doing much. Reading the word of God, you might just be reading a few verses. That's all you, all you can handle for the day. God sees that 
little push-up and just consistently keep doing it. Before you know it, you'll be reading a chapter. Before you know it, you'll be reading a whole book and enjoying it. Before you, you know, you'll be hyperlinking things in the Bible and you'll be revealing revelations within your home groups and you will be super excited about it. Some of the processes of God take time. And we saw that in the story of Noah. But it's worth it for the glory that is released in the process and at the end of the process. Let us be a people that are willing to train to be consistent in the small things, to stay in the light. You know, back at the start, I mentioned a few of the different aspects of God that I saw in the story of Noah. And perhaps there was something in those aspects of God that felt like a weak muscle for you. Perhaps you haven't known the Holy Spirit as a powerful wind that blows. Perhaps you haven't and you don't know peace. Perhaps you have no idea how to connect with the kingdom of heaven and release it here on earth. Maybe you don't know Jesus as light. Maybe you don't know Jesus the bread of life. Maybe you're like so confused when I talk about us being priests. I don't know what aspect of God you don't know this morning. But I want to encourage you that it is very likely that you have weak muscles. All of our bodies have weak muscles, muscles that we just use less. And I want to encourage you to allow God to reveal that and to start building it slowly, slowly over the course of this year, that your story is not the same at the end of this year as it was at the beginning. Maybe you will create something amazing but maybe your mind will just have been increased in its measure of wisdom and understanding and that is the creative gifting that God is going to put upon your life this year. Maybe your story won't be that you have created some huge thing, but just simply that you read the word of God regularly and that God speaks and you hear. Training is important in staying in the light. And I just feel to share this story with you especially when it talks about staying in the light. Because I think some of us feel different levels of darkness. You know, some of us struggle with just despair. Some struggle with disease. Some struggle with um, sin. You know, there's, some of us know that we have some deep, dark struggles with things that just don't line up with who God is. Some darkness is just not being fully focused on God right now. Not focusing our lives on Jesus. But I remember there was a time when I, um, I went to a conference. I believe I actually went with you, Leanne. And um, I was feeling at the time fairly okay. Like I was weary, I was tired because I had maybe four children that were like, the youngest was two, the oldest was seven, like three kids under the age of seven. It was busy. It was a busy time. But I remember getting to this conference and um, I was with Leanne and I didn't know her very well and I just wanted to be refreshed by God. But I put in some constraints. God, I'm going to this conference and I know people are free there. 
Sometimes they do things in worship that I'm not so comfortable with. So can you please not embarrass me? I want to go, I want to enjoy it, I want to feel refreshed, but please don't have me lay on the ground laughing. I don't want that kind of joy. Please don't make me roll around. Please don't, please don't do anything to embarrass me, especially with my new friend Leanne, who I don't know very well. And so I went to this conference, I stood in worship, and I did what I always do in worship, I surrendered all. And before I knew it, I was shaking really violently. And I was like, God, I'm not okay with this. But I surrender all, and it continued on. See, I have a real battle with my mind sometimes. I'm not okay with this, but I give you my all, I trust you. But I don't like trusting you. Anyway, I was shaking really violently, and every time I stepped into worship over the three days, it would happen. And I was like, God, come on, I'm exhausted. Like, and now I'm even more exhausted. Anyway, I got to the end of the three days and they called us up for testimonies and I just felt to go forward and I heard the words come out of my mouth that I've been released from the pain of miscarriages. You know, I didn't even know that I carried that darkness with me. I didn't even know that it was affecting my life. I knew that some of my thought patterns when I went to bed at night were not healthy. I knew that I wasn't 100% happy. But I just put it down to I was struggling because I was raising three kids and we were leading church and, you know, life was just busy. I just put it down to the busyness of life. I didn't actually realise that there was something on me that could go. We'd had five miscarriages and they had caused pain. And I just kind of left the pain and kept going on with life. I'm just like, I can deal with it. I can move on. It's fine. But the fact of the matter was, is that God knew better than that. And he knew that I couldn't just keep carrying on. And he wanted me free. I said, I surrender my life in worship. And he said, well, let's get rid of it then. Let's let it go then. You see, for me, that was a weak muscle, being embarrassed. But I needed to step into God's light because he had a freedom that I could never imagine. And you know, the pain of those miscarriages has never affected me again. I had one on Good Friday. I had one on Christmas Eve. I was frustrated and discouraged by God because how could they line up like that? They could have been different days. How could I be reminded like that? That could have been different. It hurt me. There was pain. There was deep pain. And then it was gone. And I've never felt the same again. That pain has never affected me on the days again. Because that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know, if we allow God to come in the ways that He desires, even though those muscles are weak for us, even though that Holy Spirit muscle was weak for me, He can change our circumstances. And we do that through surrender. Jesus is the light of the world. We can watch, we can see his light, we can enjoy it for other people, or we can fully step in. We can love him with all our hearts, souls, and lives. We can have an intimate relationship with him, and we can trust his training. Do you desire that today? Do you desire that to see his full glory released? 
are you going to be able to walk around the streets of Victor Harbour and call yourself a glorious canvas? Because that's what you are. I have so much more, but I'm going to completely leave it there because I feel God's presence in this place. Let me leave it with this scripture. scripture in Ephesians Ephesians 1 verse 19 says this I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you this is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honour and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. We love you, God. We adore you. King of kings, Lord of lords. As we stand in your light, as we come to know who you are, let us understand who we are in your love, who we are in your light. And let us out of that love others. Let us be a people who reveals your glory. We are a glorious canvas who you're called to be. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au and of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.